Welcome to the Appalachian Folklore Podcast, a wild hike through the history and migration of the folk culture, stories, traditions, and haints hidden in the hills and hollers of Appalachia. I'm your host, Aaron Bobick. Hey folks, welcome to this episode of the Appalachian Folklore Podcast. This month I'm going to change it up, and since it is Samhain, I thought I would do a year-in-review episode. Kind of quick, hopefully, though I don't know how long it's going to take, because I'm just kind of flying by the seat of my pants on this one. My reason for doing this is multifaceted, so first and foremost, obviously, there's not going to be a normal AFP episode this month, nor will there be one next month. And the reason for that is, well, mainly because I've been receiving a lot of books from wonderful authors and friends of the show alike that want to come on and talk to me about folklore, which is something I'm just astounded. I'm just amazed that folks are reaching out and saying, hey, I'd like to be on your show to talk about what I do. And so I've got a stack of books here that I need to move through. And as I've said on the show plenty of times, I'm not one who likes to read. I do love research, but I can't sit still long enough to read books like some people can. I've got a, well, it's undiagnosed ADD or ADHD, whatever it is. I don't know. And I just can't focus and I got to do things. I always have to be doing and moving. And so reading books is not something that's ever, sorry for the pun, sat well with me. I really have to be uh, involved, really, really enjoy the subject or whatever it is or the author to, to really dedicate time to reading an entire book. I'm definitely not one of those people that someone says, oh, hey, you should read this book. I really think you'd enjoy it. I, I can't just do that. So anyway, I've got a stack of books here that I need to get through because I want to in, uh, interview these folks have them on the show. And my plan is to record those conversations over the next two months and release those starting January 1st in the month by month format that I have been doing. And because I don't want to leave you guys hanging, I will be doing stories from the cabin episodes and some bonus episodes in there as well, because I do love storytelling and y'all seem to enjoy those quite a bit. So I'm not just going to ghost. I'll give you some good stories over the next couple of months. As some of you may have seen on social media and my yoiching on various platforms, I have been unemployed for the past couple of months, going on month three here, and not been in a very good headspace because of that. And, you know, you might think, well, you got all this time. Why aren't you doing research and taking notes and releasing all the podcasts? Well, it's not really how uh, depression works. So I've been kind of uninspired lately. That's been a pretty crappy situation psychologically and definitely financially. I was already paycheck to paycheck and now there's no paychecks. And this kind of started back in May where the distillery I was working for could no longer afford to pay me. So I found myself thrust into the job market where I had to find a job really quick, got one with a pretty well-known brewery in the area as a head brewer and had to leave that after six weeks for health, safety and ethics reasons. So not a very, very good time at all. The reason I'm saying all of this is because I've, I've recently found out that you know, these events can make someone feel very isolated and don't tend to talk about our feelings all that much or not as much as we should. And through the support of my friends in the folklore community, my family and my saint of a girlfriend, found out that, you know, a lot of people go through these toxic situations and you're not alone, right? 
And that's one of the things I want to talk about today is that community that I found through this podcast, because it has been such an amazing group of people that helped me through the bad times and the good. And I've spoken in the past about wanting to dispel negative stereotypes about Appalachia, but also keeping the good ones. And one of the good stereotypes is community. That idea that folks in Appalachia and in the South down here, the small town where I live, is folks will be here for you when you need them. And even when you don't need them, they'll still be here for you to make sure that you're doing all right. And that community here through the podcast and the online folklore community has been, as I've said, incredibly supportive. I've realized that I didn't give thanks at the one-year mark. I think it was back in September, October that I hit the one-year mark. And I took a look this morning. I currently have roughly just under 26,000 downloads as of a couple of days ago. Yesterday's episode, those numbers haven't come in yet. So 26,000 downloads. I have an appropriate 666 followers on uh, Twitter X. And according to Acast, I have listeners in 32 different countries now. I'm sure the VPN thing might have something to do with that. I don't know. But I have listeners all over the world. I've had folks donate their hard-earned money through Kofi or coffee or whatever it's called. And I'm eternally grateful to those folks as well. But every single person that likes a tweet or anything on any of the social medias, likes a post, shares an episode does the word of mouth thing with their friends, makes a comment on any post about, oh, this episode was amazing, sends me an email about it. I've had a couple of emails of, you know, the story that you told about this, that, or the other reminds me of something I grew up with. And that's what I was trying to do. I'm trying to build that sense of community and realize that while wherever they live, but I'll focus specifically here on Appalachia, that Appalachia is this vast yet remote, heavily stereotyped, region of the United States that we're all connected. We're all part of various communities, as Dr. Cassandra Pfeiffer would say, different folk groups. And this particular group that I became involved with over the past year has absolutely meant the world to me, every single one of you. And I wanted to give credit where credit was due. So to anybody that follows me on social media, anybody who shares my posts, comments on episodes, sends me emails, donates their hard-earned money to my Ko-Fi coffee page, whatever it's called, however you pronounce that. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here for the past year and some months, supporting me all along the way. Because even in these really, these crappy little moments of life, I can look back and say, there are really, really good people and I don't know your names. I may never see your faces, but... You are there supporting this little passion project I have, and it just, it does fill me with a sense of community and positivity where I would honestly otherwise have nothing there. So thank you so much to all of you who support the show. I really appreciate it, and I hope to uh, not disappoint and to continue uh, having wonderful episodes for you to support, whether it's word of mouth or financially, or even just a little tweet as a thank you. I'm hoping to be able to continue uh, this quality of show or get better over the next year. I'd also like to take some time to thank the Uncanny community on Twitter and WhatsApp 
this beautiful group of people that welcomed me with open arms. Uh, they're all in the UK. Most of them, I believe, are over in the UK, and I'm the token American. It all started with this podcast that I'm sure plenty of you have heard of called Uncanny. Danny Robbins, it's a interview paranormal podcast. While I do love paranormal and cryptozoology podcasts and books and whatnot, it's not anything I've ever really dove headfirst into, though I'm kind of doing more and more of that recently. But despite not being obsessed with it, as, as a lot of these folks are, and obviously I've never had an experience, told folks that plenty of times, they welcomed me in and have been incredibly supportive, knowing very little about me at the beginning, and of course now knowing quite a bit. They are always there. They've always been there for me in good times and the bad. It's an amazing, supportive community, and I don't know where I would be without you guys. And I just want you to know how much you guys mean to me and how much your um, body smutty comments make me laugh when I am in an otherwise bad mood. I also want to look back on the wonderful guests I had this season. It's not something I ever thought I was going to be able to have. I just thought it would be me looking through books and articles and then kind of regurgitating that research out in audio form in a podcast for y'all to listen and do with what you will. But to have folks that have given their valuable time to come on my show and talk about their passions, their careers. It was really, really wonderful to have everyone on there. And the, the very first person, as y'all may know, was a good friend of mine now. Again, someone I met through the Uncanny community, the wonderful Owen Staten of Time Between Times podcast and Spectre of the Sea co-host with Beth and Briggs Miller, who I will get to shortly. But Owen is one of the most beautiful people I have met. He is, uh, to paraphrase, pure distilled magic. I saw a picture of him he posted last night doing a, a performance with a Welsh band, and he's up on stage with a microphone in one hand, and he's gesturing with another, and this wonderful, beautiful expression on his face as he's telling a story. And of course, it was just a picture. You could tell that this man was in his element and he was doing what he loves to do, be on stage, act, and tell stories. And for those of you who listened to the conversation I had with him and the story on the 15th, you will know how amazing and how quickly he is able to put you in the story. He is one of the best storytellers I have ever come across, and I have come across quite a few. I've got a good collection of stories here. I have a whole library of storytelling podcasts that I listen to to help me sleep and meditate and relax. And it was such an honor to have him on out of the kindness of his own heart, only knowing me through this little WhatsApp group and saying, no, I will, I will come on and I will talk to you about the importance of storytelling, the relationship of Welsh culture to Appalachian culture and to tell you story, to take time to tell you a wonderful story. And it was one of those things that just filled my heart with so much joy to be able as my first interview to have something so profound so powerful as that first time and it really gave me the confidence to move forward with interviews because I was nervous I did know how the interview was going to go and I could not have asked for a nicer person a kinder person as my first interview to really really make me feel comfortable with that whole process so thank you Owen again for everything you do 
Thank you for your stories and your storytelling. And for those of you who didn't listen to Owen or don't follow him, you can find him on social media. He too has a Ko-Fi page, coffee page, and a Patreon page as well. And you can listen to him every Sunday evening or afternoon in our time over here, East Coast time on Twitter spaces or X spaces, whatever it is, where he does a live storytelling every week and he does time between times. He releases a new story every week and he does a docudrama about Welsh folklore called Spectre of the Sea with Bethan Briggs Miller of Erie Essex fame. And that's a wonderful segue. I want to thank Bethan. Bethan was the first person in the podcasting world to reach out to me when I first started. I think maybe I had released one episode, maybe two, and she had sent me a message on Twitter, and I was on my way to a wedding, I think last October, and she and Ailsa Clark of Erie Essex had given me a shout out on their show and said, oh, it sounds like a wonderful show, and I'm really interested to learn about Appalachia, and he sounds like a nice guy, and I want to be friends with him, and we were talking on Twitter, and then... Bethan very kindly invited me into this little WhatsApp group of about 20-ish, 30 people, all obsessed with this one podcast that at the time I'd never heard of called Uncanny. She was like, oh, do you like paranormal stuff? And I said, yeah, I do. I've never had an experience, but I love the stories and that's, you know, that's what's important. And just with open arms invited me into this community and has become one of my closest friends. She and her wonderful, amazing husband, Jack, who I love to death, we will occasionally do video chats through WhatsApp to just, you know, catch up and everything. And her two kids are running around and I'll get to talk to them sometimes. And that's the beauty of Bethan is she's so kind, so warm hearted, so welcoming. And and she is the, the truest definition of a friend, of friendship. She is always there. How you doing? We haven't spoken a while. Do you do you fancy a chat? And always reaching out and making sure that everyone's okay despite whatever might be going on with her. And such a brilliant mind and so passionate about folklore as well that you, you just get this sense that this is not a little hobby. This is not a thing that, you know, it's not just something you do in your spare time. She lives, breathes, eats, sleeps, drinks folklore and maybe with a little paranormal bent, but more more importantly, just the, the preservation of tradition and culture for generations to come and for communities all over the world, for anybody who's interested. She's a wonderful storyteller and to have her on the show to talk about Welsh mining culture specifically and the importance of Welsh knockers. Um, I'm embarrassed to say how long it took to get her on the show as she was my first podcasting friend, but having her on was was wonderful and I hope y'all enjoyed her stories as well. It was some some spooky stuff and everything that's on Erie Essex, there's, there's definitely some creepy things on there. She and Ailsa do such a wonderful job of storytelling. And then she also has Spectre of the Sea with Owen that has amazing soundscapes and really pulls you in. And I I can't recommend those enough. So if you want to listen to more Bethan, because you got a good kick out of her uh, smutty jokes on my episode, my conversation with her, you can check her out at Eerie Essex with Ailsa Clark and Spectre of the Sea with Owen. And Bethan... This is for you. Thank you for all of your kindness and your your big, beautiful heart. 
and all the, w- the wonderful people you've introduced me to, the communities you've introduced me to. I couldn't do it without you. So thank you, Bethan, for everything you've done. And speaking of communities, Dr. Cassandra Pfeiffer came on and we spoke about folk groups. I was introduced to her through a folklore podcast lecture where she came and spoke about folk groups to us. And I was so interested in what she had to say that I reached out to her and asked her if she'd come on my show and talk about folk groups and communities inside and outside of Appalachia. And she was more than happy to do so. Our conversation immediately made me feel like it was a feeling that I never got to have in graduate school or in undergrad, just that sense of this is someone who is really, really passionate and very interested about this. And we got to nerd out and talk about things that the the normies would usually fall asleep, you know, when they hear someone talking about. But it was so nice to talk to her on a very friendly level. Again, this was someone I'd never met before. And she was so gracious with her time coming on the show. We got talking before I recorded and I was just like, this is this is who I should have gone to school with. This is the kind of the group and community, my own folk group that I should have had when I was in undergrad or graduate school. And it would have changed everything. It would have made me more passionate about a topic that I didn't even know existed or a whole branch of academia that I didn't know existed. And talking to her just it made it was a wonderful, warm feeling and that sense of community of like, this is this is right, this is good, these are the kind of people, this is the reason that I, I started this podcast was to meet people like this. Kind of like I was back at home in an academic community is the best way I could explain it, that this is where I should have been. Because to see her get so animated about these topics and me getting animated as well, and it's just a conversation with an old, you know, college friend type feel. And it was just really, really nice to have her on. And and I do hope to have her on again because she has a focus on Puritan oral tradition and stories. And that's something I'm looking at with this fairy research I'm doing as well. The whole idea of the Puritans coming over and what folklore they brought with them. So I may be reaching out to her again, but but the conversation we did have was just so wonderful. And, and I hope you all go back and listen to that. So thank you, Cassandra. If y'all want to find her, she does do some short story writing. You can find her on the interwebs as well. And do go back and listen to that episode. And I hope it sparks something in folks who might be feeling a little less passionate about their passion to hear two goofy folklore nerds talk about something they're interested in and, and kind of rekindle that flame in yourself. Now, I kind of alluded there to my time in academia when I was a student, undergrad, and graduate school, that I didn't have exactly the the greatest mentors. I had some, but overall, it wasn't the greatest experience, and I was dissuaded from following my passions, my research passions. I was flat out told, you know, when I said I had an interest in folklore and fairy tales, just told, no, that's not a good field of study. No one takes it seriously. It's stupid, I was told, uh, go ahead and follow in my footsteps and continue to beat the centuries dead horse of John Donne and Shakespeare, because that's a better course of study to go spend, you know, the next 60 years discussing Shakespeare, because no one has done that for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. So yeah, I was dissuaded from following what I actually wanted to do because the graduate uh, instructors wanted little minions to carry on their work, which, you know, I don't, I love Shakespeare. I like John Donne, but I don't care. 
that much. And you've got hundreds and thousands of people already doing that for the past, I don't even know how many hundreds of years, because I can't do math. So my next guest, last but definitely not least, was Dr. Ed Karshner. And he is the professor I wish I had had when I was 18 years old. I don't mean this as an insult, so just hear me out. I've heard a few stories of folks in their early college years, you know, freshman, sophomore, that just pick up a an elective that they need to fill out credit hours, and that elective turns into something they want to do for the rest of their life. One of those, I didn't know this existed until I took this class, and the professor was so amazing that I spoke with them after class, and now this is what I've decided to do for the rest of my life. That's Ed. That's the professor I wish I had had when I was 18 and in freshman or sophomore year of undergrad where I was just thumbing through the book of courses that year and and saw a course on, I don't know, Appalachian storytelling traditions and then took his course. And because of who he is and how he teaches, just now you can't get rid of me, right? Now this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life for graduate school, post-grad, and my career because of this one amazing professor who was able to take his passion, his knowledge, his experience, and convey it in such a way that it just sucks you in and you're like, now this is what I want to do. And I hope that you can meet someone in whatever field, if, if you're in school right now, if you happen to be, you know, an undergraduate and you're trying to figure out what you're trying to do with your life, I hope you can have a professor as amazing as Ed, someone that can guide you in the right direction that is taken, whether it's that professor's interests or your own interests and and just guide you to what is best, the best path for you and not turn you into another Shakespeare minion hopping around and constantly just repeating everything that anyone has ever said over the past two, 300 years to forge your own path, to follow your passions and do what it is you want to do and to be that support for you along the way. I don't know if uh, Ed's students listen to this or he'll ever play it, but Ed's students, Dr. Karshner's students, you're lucky. You're lucky to have Dr. Karshner. He's a good guy. And like I said, I wish I had had him I wish I'd had him as a professor when I was your age. He is a really great guy. And if I had it in me, I'd, uh, I'd go back to grad school or finish my master's and, and take those credit hours and finish them off under Dr. Karshner and, and go get my PhD somewhere. You know, if, uh, anyone's listening from Eastern Tennessee or app state or Berea and can help me get a full ride scholarship, to finish off my master's degree uh, and get my PhD, I'm, I'm willing to take you up on it. <laughs> but in all seriousness, it was a wonderful pleasure to talk to Ed, uh, so much so that I did two episodes with him. And again, it was just like Dr. Pfeiffer talking with an old friend and just nerding out about things that would otherwise put the normies to sleep, just really feeling that sense of community and connecting with someone who is just such a a wonderful human being and so knowledgeable, so friendly, and just a a very warm, heart-filled thank you to Ed for coming on the show and for for being a good friend. You know, we we chat every now and again and share nerdy folklore stuff and and messages and whatnot. So another one of those people that I'm, I'm so grateful that I met 
in this community. And again, Ed, thank you so much. It's looking like this episode is going to be pushing about 25, 28 minutes. So I'll go ahead and wrap up my gratitude session here by thanking everyone again. I also want to thank my friend, John Ochoa, who did the artwork for the show and has been very supportive. He made stickers. He's been here the whole time. And I really want to thank him for everything he's done. I want to thank my family for being supportive as well. And my beautiful better half, who has been very patient, very supportive as well, and lets me talk to myself in a locked room for hours and hours at a time. As I said, I'm going to take the next couple months off to bring you some really, really good interviews. And your support has meant the world to me, whether it is something as simple as telling a friend, sharing an episode, leaving a review or five star whatever thingy on all of these myriad podcasting platforms or to be so gracious with your earnings as to donate some of them to my little passion project via the coffee page i hope you all had a wonderful halloween Samhain, all saints day kalangayev all that beautiful stuff and i will see you soon thank you all again so much and y'all be good thanks for spending your time with me here at the appalachian folklore podcast If you'd be so kind as to rate and review this show on whatever platform you use, I'd be much obliged as it helps spread the word. You can email me at appfolklorepod at gmail.com and visit my website shows.acast.com slash AFP. You can find me at appfolklorepod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also find me on Mastodon at appfolklorepod at thefolklore.cafe. Thanks to Jonathan Ochoa for the AFP cover art. You can find his work on Instagram at Inkwell Graphic Design. Thanks again for listening.